Welcome to the audio podcast of The Father's House. We hope and pray you are both challenged and encouraged by this time in the Word. Come on, stay on your feet. Let's pray together. Father, we just thank you so much that you are here. God, we continue this service in acknowledgement of your presence. God, we love you. We thank you. You always show up, God. You are faithful. Even when we aren't, you are, God. Father, I just pray that you'd anoint my mind as I bring the word today, Lord. We thank you that your scripture, your word never returns void. It accomplishes the purpose it is sent out for. So, Father, we just pray that we open hearts today. Every person in this room, Lord, that you would speak to us. You would personalize the word through your Holy Spirit, teaching every soul gathered here and those watching online. Speak to your people today, Lord, that your name would be praised in this place. We love you, Lord. We thank you for this day that you have made. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Come on. Well, welcome, everyone. It's great to be with you. Thank you, uh, band. Amazing time of worship. You know, we started the year out, 2024. Wow, crazy. Uh, with this series, Seeking God, which we're going to wrap up today. And, and it's really all about giving God the first fruits, the first and the best as we start this year, because we didn't know, man, if we were going to be around. We, we don't know what's ahead of us the rest of this year. So we have been fixed and focused on seeking God. The key verse for this series has been in Jeremiah chapter 29, verse 13. You will seek me and you will find me when you seek me with all your heart. The truth is, church, and we're reminded of this often, we need God. We need the presence of the Holy Spirit. I don't know about you, but man, he's, I mean, he's here. When we worship him, he is present on the praises of his people. We need the Holy Spirit. Trust me, I'm not that good of a preacher. If we're just here making noise and these guys are just playing the, you know, the, the instruments, we kind of lost the band, that's okay. I guess they're, they're done. <laughs> Thank you, the remnant right here, Courtney. But if we're just here to make some fun, you know, songs and have a, a good time at church, you know, and maybe some fellowship after, it's, it's void. It's useless without the presence of God. Jesus is the reason why we gather together because he has set us free. He's, he's saved us. Maybe he set you free from a miracle with physical healing like we heard about today from Slavia Arena. Or maybe you've been set free from spiritual darkness you were literally in a dark place and you stepped into the light and God transformed and changed everything. That's what we celebrate. This is not a club or a cult. This is a body of believers focused on the reality of Jesus Christ that he changes everything. So as we kind of conclude the series today, I want to spend, just, just take a, a few steps back before we uh, uh, conclude the series today in Jeremiah chapter 29 and dig a little bit deeper through some of the scripture which we had plucked the uh, key verse out in terms of seeking God. Now, we're gonna read through Jeremiah chapter 29. Thank you, Courtney. Can we get up for Courtney for sticking around? And uh, you will have a word with the rest of the band, okay? We're gonna, we're gonna talk to them before the sermon is over. Um, <laughs> so, in Jeremiah chapter 29, the people of Israel had turned their backs on God. They rejected God. They were into sin and worshiping false gods, pagan gods. They would uh, even participate in child sacrifice, worshiping these pagan gods. And then they would go into the temple of Yahweh and try to worship him there. Their hearts 
were far from God. And God allowed the Babylonian Empire to attack Jerusalem and take a whole bunch of the people there captive, bring them back into exile, into captivity in Babylon. And so this is where we find ourselves in the story. Jeremiah now is writing a letter from Jerusalem to those in exile, the Jewish people, God's people, the Israelites, in captivity in Babylon. And this letter is what we're gonna read a big bulk of today that Jeremiah, the prophet, wrote to the people. If you have your Bibles, you can turn to Jeremiah chapter 29. We're gonna put it on the screen here as well. We'll start in verse four. It says, this is what the Lord Almighty, the God of Israel, says to all those I carried into exile from Jerusalem to Babylon. Build houses and settle down. Plant gardens and eat what they produce. Marry and have sons and daughters. Find wives for your sons and give your daughters in marriage so that they too may have sons and daughters. Increase in number there. Do not decrease. Also seek the peace and prosperity of the city to which I have carried you into exile. Pray to the Lord for it. Because if it prospers, you too will prosper. This is what the Lord Almighty, the God of Israel says. Do not let the prophets and diviners among you deceive you. Do not listen to the dreams you encourage them to have. They are prophesying lies to you in my name. I have not sent them, declares the Lord. This is what the Lord says. When 70 years are completed for Babylon, I will come to you and fulfill my good promise to bring you back to this place. For I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord. Plans to prosper you and not to harm you. Plans to give you a hope and a future. Then you will call on me and come and pray to me and I will listen to you. You will seek me and find me when you seek me with all your heart. I will be found by you, declares the Lord. And I'll bring you back from captivity. I'll gather you from all the nations and places where I've banished you, declares the Lord, and will bring you back to the place from which I carried you into exile. Now, I read some scripture there. Maybe there was one or two verses that uh, maybe have popped out. Uh, maybe even if you're really not a part of a church or, or don't really come regularly uh, to these gatherings, maybe you've heard it though uh, or seen it on Instagram or uh, on, on someone's tattoo where it says, for I know the plans I have for you, plans to prosper you, not to harm you, to give you a hope and a future. Maybe you've seen that verse in different areas. It's a, it makes for a great, you know, uh, a card for your college graduate, you know, when they're going into the real world and you know, it's like, God's got great plans for you, hope and a future. And it's like, oh man, like there's a lot, you know, going on here. This is, a, this is a pretty interesting verse that we often sometimes forget the preceding verse, the very verse before, verse 11 in verse 10 says, when 70 years are complete. So we can kind of cherry pick sometimes where we'll read this verse and say, oh God, you've got good plans for me, plans to prosper me, hope and a future. And we kind of make the verse a little bit about us. It's about our own personal fulfillment, success and prosperity. When the reality is, is this verse, the context of it was written to people who were living in sin, who were being destroyed, taken into captivity and they're told, it's gonna be 70 years of this. 
So what happens when things don't go our way, when maybe our timing is a little bit different than God's? Well, we're gonna find out today because ultimately God uses this verse, this scripture, this letter from Jeremiah in the midst of their sin, in the midst of their rejecting God, God speaks to them and says, I do have plans to prosper you. I do have a hope and a future for you, but it wasn't on the time frame that they were expecting. It's interesting, God says to actually build homes, to settle down, plant gardens, get married, let your children get married. Like this is gonna be a little while. And it's interesting because there were false prophets who were eventually put to death and they were the ones saying, oh, this is gonna be a short stay here in Babylon. We're gonna get out of this jam quickly. Two years or less, don't worry, that's what God said. And God said, I did not send them. Those are not my people. They're just speaking to you whatever your itching ears wanna hear. This wasn't going to be a short time. You see, these people had cut themselves off from God and they experienced the consequences so that they would turn from their sin and their wicked ways and they would go after God. They would seek after the one true God. Now, it's interesting if you carry the story through, uh, they did. They did eventually repent and, and go back to their land and rebuild the temple and experience the, the peace and the prosperity that, that God was talking about. But it also points to an even greater future ahead. You see, in the middle of their failure, God gives these people hope. When it seems like all was lost, captivity, war, death, famine, God says, I've got a plan for you. I'm gonna prosper you. Yes. It's not on your own time, and you might not see it fully now, but it's gonna come. Maybe you're here today, and you're at a place where you feel, um, you feel a bit lost. You're at a low point. Maybe your marriage is just hanging on by a thread. Relationships are failed, or maybe you just, this past week at work, you're just like, I don't know, I'm gonna get through this. It's over, it's done. Or maybe you're, hanging on to a lie, carrying the guilt and the shame of not being able to share this thing that's been bothering you internally. Or maybe you've been in an addiction cycle and you, you've, you've been on the right track, but then you fell off the wagon, you're back and you're feeling the guilt and the condemnation of it that it's attached to sin. Listen, that's not from God. Yeah. If you're here today, let me just say, if that's you today and you recognize, man, I, I messed up, I, I'm here, I, I need God, you're in the right place today. Way to be in church in the house of God today. This is a great place to be when you're messed up going through something and you need God. Now the enemy will try to distract you, he'll try to isolate you, he'll say, wait till you get your stuff figured out, then go to church. Don't bother them with the details of your life and all the things going on. No, this is where we get in community. This is where we come together and recognize God. Even in our failure, I need to be reminded of the plan that you have for my life. Even when I am not faithful, God is faithful. So the Israelites are in the midst of their sin and rejection of God, but yet he says to still seek me, that we can and need to seek God in the midst, in the middle of our failures. So how do we seek God in the midst of our failures? That's what we're gonna talk about today. And number one 
first of all, you gotta know it's not over. It's not over. So what do we need to do? We gotta turn. You gotta repent. I love strong words like repent. <laughs> repent, you know. It's, it's powerful. That's what we gotta do. Jesus, his ministry on the earth, first thing he says, repent. The kingdom of God is near. To turn from our sin, our wicked ways, and follow Jesus. Jesus said to his disciples, come and follow me. And they instantly turned from whatever it was they were doing, and they followed Jesus. They didn't know where they were going, but they followed him. It, it, this is a, something I want us to take home today, a, a reminder, a, a big idea. It says, we don't follow Jesus to where we get, want... I'll try again. <laughs> I told you, we need the Holy Spirit. We don't follow Jesus to get to where we want to go. We follow Jesus wherever he takes us. We don't follow Jesus so that he can take us where we want to go. We follow him wherever he goes. It's God, I give you everything. Now, how is it, you think, that the, the disciples of Jesus could drop everything, career, family, finances, and follow him? You know, it's interesting. It's very true today that Jesus has an invitation for each and every person here that we all make a decision today whether we're gonna serve Jesus or whether we serve ourselves, whether we reject Jesus or whether we follow him. He is saying to everyone in the room and those watching online today, follow me. And we have a decision to make. Indecision in itself is a decision. We can't put it off, put it off, put it off. You're ultimately making a decision by doing that. So how is it that we can follow Jesus? Some of you here today that maybe are far from God or maybe you've never been to church before, and you'll say, yeah, I wanna follow Jesus. But you don't, you don't know what that means. Neither did the disciples. But there is something within us that God through his Holy Spirit whispers to our hearts and says, we don't need to know everything. We won't. That's for God. All we need is, he needs a simple yes. I will follow you wherever you're at today. You know, it's interesting. We talk about failure. The Bible is just full, chock full of men and women who failed miserably throughout their lives following God but yet they were still known as godly men and women. King David, you might be familiar with, was one of the most, fail most famous failures. Uh, if you know the story, he, uh, he sinned against God, he disobeyed God, he slept with Bathsheba, and then he ended up having this woman's husband killed in battle, put to death. And he was in this moment far from God but yet he is known as a man after God's own heart, given to him by God himself. He's saying, that's my guy. You wanna know how to seek God? You wanna know how to seek me? Check out David, he's blameless. But yet he's an adulterer and a murderer. The stories of what he did, I mean, if there were tabloids back in the ancient days, that would have sold the most copies ever. The king? did this and then had this guy killed and then, oh my gosh. And David, 
uh, is confronted by Nathan, the prophet. And he, he points out to David his sin. It's interesting that it wasn't David that all of a sudden felt, okay, the conviction of the Lord, I'm gonna repent. No, I'm gonna you know, ask for forgiveness. No, the prophet Nathan went to him and said, you are the man. You did this, you sinned. And David, what did he do? What's his posture when he is rebuked? He says, I have sinned against the Lord. And he repents. His heart was softened before the Lord. Now, as a consequence of his sin, the child that uh, King David and Bathsheba had would ultimately die. Um, the child became deathly ill, and over a period of seven days, the Bible says that David stayed on the ground, wept, fasted, didn't eat anything, and mourned. And after seven days, the child died. And then it says in the scriptures that David got up, he washed, put on lotions, changed his clothes, and then it says he went into the house of the Lord and worshiped. David, in the midst of failure, repented and then said, I need to be worshiping the Lord Jesus. As the book of Job says, naked I came into this world, naked I will depart. Blessed be the name of the Lord. He worshiped God. See, the enemy loves to define us by our failures, but God sees our response when we fail. Are we quick to forgive and to ask for forgiveness, or do we harbor and hold on to? And ultimately, at the end of the day, do we repent? Do we turn to God? The Bible says that God wants a broken heart before him, a broken and a shattered heart before him. That's what he wants from us. It's not, oh God, I'm sorry. It's, God, I've sinned against you. Will you forgive me? I, I've been learning the difference of, the, uh, of I'm sorry and asking someone to forgive you. Um, a while back, we were uh, traveling and we stayed at a, at a hotel and, and we, you know, a long day traveling and you're a little tired and hungry and a little exhausted and you're kind of getting settled in and we, we walk into the hotel room and you know, it's always exciting. I don't know why, it's just like, what's the room gonna look like? And you walk into the hotel room and all of a sudden just like this woof, like of smoke, cigarette smoke filled the air and I was like, oh, I'm home. <laughs> no, I didn't say that. I was like, I was like, oh man, this is putrid, this stinks. And uh, this was before we got there so they couldn't pin it on us. I said, don't worry, babe, I, I'm gonna look after this. I'm gonna make sure we go get this room changed. So I go down to the front desk and I said, hey, man, uh, yeah, this room's just not gonna work for us. I think someone was smoking in there. Like, I can't believe it, right, these days. But yeah, we're just gonna need a different room. And he was like, oh, shoot, I'm so sorry. We're, we're fully booked. And I was like, yeah, so sorry. Maybe I wasn't clear. <laughs> How do I, uh, let me think of a different way to communicate this. So we're gonna need a different room. So the room where, where, where our luggage is, where my children are, <laughs> they can't be around this. Um, and and I, I started to get a little frustrated and uh, I, I maybe was a bit stern. And I, uh, I, 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 he said, yeah, I've got to call my manager. And I said, okay, well, let's, maybe we can do that. And I, I can just wait here and oh, they're, you know, not working. So there are a few issues. And then finally we went away. He said, I'll, I'll work on it. And 
throughout you know, the next couple hours, just weighed heavy on my heart. And I thought, man, I don't know, if, if that was my kid, would I, would I want someone to be you know, a little firm like that? I don't know, maybe I could have been nicer. Is that how I would have wanted to be treated if I were him? And uh, so sure enough, we, we got the room sorted out and he said, hey, great news, we're able to, to move you. And, uh, and I said, perfect, thanks. And, and I said, listen, I, I realized I was maybe a little short with you earlier. I'm sorry, you know, it's been frustrating. We've got you know, all this going on, I'm sorry. He said, oh, yeah, no worries. Like, it's all good. It happens. I get it. And inwardly, he's probably, like, just crying, like, like uh, deeply impacted him. He's like, ah, you know, just don't even, oh, I didn't even think about it. Of course, no, no, that's fine. It's no worries. And then the next, uh, over the next while, over the next couple of days, I, uh, the Lord just put this guy on my heart so much. And I just thought, man, I don't know his situation, what he's coming from, whether or not he knows God. And I thought, man, I'm, I'm supposed to be an ambassador for Jesus Christ. <laughs> I don't know if I was a really good one that day. And, you know, I was thinking about how ultimately, how Jesus Christ has forgiven me, what he's brought me out of, what he's forgiven me of. And so the Lord put, put this guy on my heart and I, I went back to him a couple days later and I realized, I said to him, listen, I, I know I said I'm sorry, but you know what? I didn't. I didn't ask for forgiveness. You know, there's a difference. There's a vulnerability that comes when we ask for forgiveness. So I put myself out there. I said, I'm sorry that I wronged you. Will you forgive me? And he said, no. <laughs> no, he said, he said, yes. He said, yes. <laughs> he said, well, I don't know what would happen next, but thankfully he said yes. And, you know, we started talking about God. And I said, the reason why is because I realized I've been forgiven much. And I, so I just need, you know, you to forgive me as well that I wronged you. And I invited him to church. I said, yeah, come check out the Father's house. And he was like, wow, that's great. He went to a Catholic church. I don't know how, when the last time it was. But um, he's like, that's great. Uh, I'm, I'm, I'll come. Uh, remind me, what's your name again? And I was like, oh, it's Vince. So just ask for Vince. <laughs> so thank you, Vince, for <laughs> Just, he, can, he can be a little hard on people sometimes. So I just, I'm just joking. Where is he? He's, I love you, Vince. You're very soft and sweet. Uh, okay, so number two, here's what we need to do when we need God's help is we can ask him for help. In Jeremiah uh, 29, verse 12, it says, then you'll call on me and come and pray to me and I will listen to you. He's saying, ask for help, pray to me. We need to talk to God. Prayer should be our first response, not our last resort. When we're going through something, we just need to be able to bring God into our brokenness and just say, God, here's where I'm at. You don't have to have fancy, well-thought-out prayers. It's simply talking to God, bringing them in, inviting them in to our weakness and into our brokenness. And God saying, here's where I'm at. I need your help. Often we can self-medicate. We can go into different things or binge watch Netflix or get into a relationship or, or do all sorts of things that take us away from God when simply it needs to be our first response is to speak to our heavenly Father. Because here's the truth. Our prayers are effective. God works through the prayers of his people. Things change on this earth. When we pray to God, 
We're gonna be a, we are a praying church. We pray throughout this, the week, each and every week for our gatherings here on Sunday, Wednesday night and our pursuit nights. We go after God because we know, man, without his presence, it's lost, it's pointless. Now, Jesus gives us instructions in Luke chapter 11, we can put it on the screen on how to pray. Jesus said, keep on asking and you will receive what you ask for. Keep on seeking and you will find. Keep on knocking and the door will be open to you. That is how we are to pray, to keep on knocking. Now, have you ever knocked on a door like this? Honey, did you hear that? Yeah, I don't know. Something must have fallen over. Who, who knocks on a door? It doesn't make sense. How do you knock on a door? You keep on knocking. It's the same with our prayer life. We have to pray, and then we have to keep on praying. God, I haven't seen the breakthrough. I'm still in this situation, and I'm frustrated. I'm feeling lost. I'm feeling down. I'm feeling weak. God, I need you. Where are you? Five minutes later, hey, God, it's your boy here, still stuck, not sure what to do. I'm just gonna keep calling you, and again, and again, and again, because that is the relationship. We have direct access to God because of Jesus Christ and what he has done for us. We have to bother God with our prayers. As Canadians, we can be a little bit passive. We can, um, oh, hey, God, <laughs> sorry to bother you. <laughs> I know you're real busy and stuff. Um, so I was wondering if, if you can, oh, sorry, 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 you're busy, okay, sorry. <laughs> sorry, sorry, God. that's how he knows it's a Canadian. He's like, hey, sorry, God. <laughs> yeah. God, God, loves, uh, God loves that. <laughs> Listen, we've we got to be a little more intentional, specific. Like, God, this is what I'm contending for. This is what I'm believing, and it's not for me to have a brand new nice car, which, God, if you want to do that, everyone, church, could you just extend your hands right now? <laughs> just kidding. Just kidding. But um, we, we, we need to pray for things and say, God, ultimately, if this aligns with your will, then I want it. I want to see that. I want to see more people come to know what it's like to live uh, uh, free from addiction, God, because I know what it's like to be stuck in the chains of bondage. I want more people to come into a personal relationship with Jesus Christ because I know what it's like to be in the darkness and then step into the light. Father, we want to see more people get water baptized in your church. Watch as the chains are broken off of people in the supernatural realms. What are we praying for? And here's the thing. If all of our prayers were actually answered, would it change something in the world around us or would it just change something in our life? What are we praying for? We need to go to God as our heavenly father. He's not our boss. We don't submit reports and requests and, you know, hey, you know, can you answer this like that? We just go to him and talk to him like our father. If any of you, you know, little ones, when they were little, you know, coming in at 3 a.m. in the morning, and, you know, <laughs> breathing over your face until you wake up, <laughs> scaring you half to death when there's this toddler staring you in the face and then asking for a cup of water. And you're like, oh, I thought I was dead. Yeah, sure, I'll get you a cup of water. Now, if your spouse asks that question, you might be like, it's three in the morning. What's wrong? You, how are you feeling? You can't get it? Like, I'm, 
that's not, that's not, that's not how I talk. I just mean, generally speaking, that's how other people, other people might, might do it. But if it's a, if it's a child, you say, yes, sure, I'll get that for you. Well, guess what? It's no different than our relationship with God. He is our heavenly father. So we can go to him like a three or four year old. And it's just like, hey God, uh, 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 I need this. Can, can you give me that? And he's like, listen, it's 3 a.m. You want a glass of orange pop? Probably not. That brand new car? That might not be good for you, actually. Okay, I'm not gonna give you the scorpion. I'm gonna give you the egg or a glass of water or whatever it is you want at three in the morning. I'm mixing parables here. That's okay, find it in your Bible. Study that out this week. <laughs> That's a relationship with God that we have. He loves us so much. He's our heavenly father. We can just go to him. So we need to bother God with our prayers. Be persistent in prayer. And as we're seeking God, even in the midst of our failure, we ask God for help, we pray, but also you need to be in a group. You gotta be connected to the body of Christ. You gotta be in community and fellowship with other believers to help lift you up. Maybe you've you know, trailed away a little bit from church or, or maybe you kind of pop in once in a while and, you know, and then someone says, hey, where are you? I haven't seen you. How have you been? And you're, you're just like, ah, not great. Like, I kind of messed up. And it's been, you know, I'm just really busy and things aren't going so great. So I just kind of took some time or whatever, but I'm back today. And it's like, listen, when, when, when you're going through those things, that's where you need to be is in church, in a group, because that's where you're going to find people who just love you, who just want God's best for you. and want to welcome you and equip you and encourage you. Because the enemy wants to isolate you. He wants to take you out. He wants you to wait until you got your stuff figured out before you get into community. That's not what God wants. Broken as we are, we come into the place and allow God to work in our hearts. So join a group. And if you don't want to drive, guess what? You can host one, right? <laughs> you can host one in your home. and you don't, People will come to you. It's crazy. You just have to have coffee and maybe a lemon loaf. I'll ask the band to come as we uh, conclude our time here today. The last point I want to give you is, is, is to keep going. When we're seeking God in failure, we just got to keep going. Verse 13 says, you'll seek me and find me when you seek me with all your heart. I will be found by you, declares the Lord. This is not a passive statement. This is us seeking and going after God. If you've ever played hide and seek, um, especially with little kids, you know, you, you try and find a place to hide in the house and it's, it's difficult to, to do that. But, you know, you find a place and then, oh, finally the little kids find you and it's like, you know, it's fun. I love being found by my kids because they think, you know, oh, it's kind of a, like, oh, I got, I got you, dad. You know, it's the same way with God. He loves for us to find him. He's, I'll say it like this. When it comes to the hiding part, and hide and go seek, God's not really good at it. God's not very good at hiding in hide and seek. He's very near to each and every one of us. You know who complicates it? Us, in our heads, in our mind. We, tra we, we travel all these places in our head. Well, how could this be, how could this be? God's saying, I'm right here. Seek me, go after it. I'll be found by you. Our final scripture is in Genesis chapter three. We're in the, in the garden of Eden and the serpent, the devil, 
tells Eve to eat of the forbidden fruit, saying that you'll be like God, knowing both good and evil. I'll read the scripture together. Verse six says, the woman was convinced. She saw that the tree was beautiful and its fruit looked delicious and she wanted the wisdom it would give her. So she took some of the fruit and ate it. Then she gave some to her husband who was with her and he ate it too. At that moment, her eyes were opened and they suddenly felt shame at their nakedness. So they sewed fig leaves together to cover themselves. When the cool evening breezes were blowing, the man and his wife heard the Lord God walking about in the garden. So they hid from the Lord God among the trees. Then the Lord called to the man, where are you? Adam and Eve sinned. They, they tried to hide from God, sowing fig leaves to cover their nakedness. And it's like, really guys, fig leaves? You think I don't know? You messed up. They tried to hide and cover themselves. And, and often we might do that today. We try to cover ourselves and what we're going through, giving the appearance to the outside world that we're good enough knowing that maybe one day over a period of time, we'll finally be able to talk about it and walk in healing. No. God wants to heal what you will freely give him, what you will surrender for him. And say, God, I, I'm sorry I messed up. Do you take this? Would you forgive me? Here's Adam and Eve. Same as the the Israelites, in the lowest moment, at their weakest moment. And God says, where are you? Where are you? He speaks that to you today. Where are you? Can we just be real? Listen, God knows where you are. He created you, he created everything. He knows right where you're at. He knows right where you're at in your walk with him. But what he wants is for you to just be able to admit where you're at. For you to say, God, I recognize I need you. That humility, that brokenness, that's what we need. In the kingdom of God, that is how we move forward is by going down in humility and brokenness, saying, God, lift me up. I need you. I recognize. I need to give this to you. The Bible says to confess our sins to one another, to pray for each other, then we will be healed. Jesus, while we were yet sinners, died for us on the cross. He came to seek and to save those who are lost. And God's seeking you out. He calls you by name. And whatever failure, whatever challenge, whatever situation you found yourself in right now, and he's saying, where are you? He says, I will be found by you. You need to seek me. You need to make a decision to go after me. I'm not far from any one of you. As we draw near to him, he draws near to us. We experience it in worship today. You've been sensing something internally inside of you. That's simply the power of God, the Holy Spirit, whispering to each and every heart, ministering personally to you, saying, come back. Come back. I want to restore you. Yeah, but God, you don't know what I did. Yeah, I do. I want to restore you. 
I have hope for you. I have a future for you. Guess what? Even in your sin, I've got plans to prosper you. God, what's your timeline? I release it all to you, whatever it is that you want. It's not over. Wherever you're at, I need you to know, it's not over. God isn't finished with you yet. You will live. You will prosper. You're gonna make it as you follow Jesus with everything.